the Radio Randomly podcast. Hosted by Gondi and produced by Gia Moylan. Chatting randomly to radio people about radio. Yeah, it's episode 11 of the Radio Randomly podcast. Thanks for downloading it today. I've been looking forward to getting this one up. It's with Ben and Liam from Triple J Breakfast. I remember a little while ago these guys being on Fresh in Adelaide a community station and they were getting a lot of traction back then for two young guys on the radio at a community station so it's interesting to see how they've started there and then work their way into Triple J Breakfast which the boys talk about on this episode of the podcast. I'll keep the intro pretty tight on this one and I'll let the boys do the talking. It's my chat with Ben and Liam from Triple J Breakfast. The Radio Randomly Podcast. Chatting randomly to radio people about radio. Ben and Liam, welcome to the podcast. Gaundy, thank you for having us. And can I say, great nickname. Gaundy? Straight away, Gaundy. See, the thing is, in the public sector, we don't really get given nicknames. We just get stuck with plain old Ben and Liam. They actually strip you of your nickname. No, is that right? Mm. So, I, was, uh, I was Big Mac. Big and Mac. Liam was the kahuna. I was, I was, yeah, it was going to be the Big Mac and the kahuna until uh, literally, I think it was 10 minutes before, uh, the boss ran in and said, wait, before you turn the mics on, Strip it, get new IDs. From now on, you're Ben and Liam. You're going to go with what you were christened with. I think it still works, though. I still think it could work on Triple J as well. Yeah. And what do you do? You like do you like how it's Ben and Liam, or do you think Liam and Ben would work? I think Ben and Liam sounds right for me, because... but maybe it's because I'm used to hearing it so often. You know, if you flip it mm. for a while and then I, I hear it more often, maybe Liam and Ben. Yeah. Might sound better to me, so I'm not sure. Because we weren't pinned together. We started doing this radio show by choice together. Yep. And then there was a conversation. There was a few Liam and Ben's, there was a few Ben and Liam's, and then there was that conversation in between a song of like, which one are we going to go with? There was actually a moment uh, in a song where I... I I pinned Liam down and I, sh- and I shook him when I said, it's going to be Ben first. Yeah, it's, he kind of strong on me because yeah. Ben's a little bit older. So yep. I've, I've just turned 22. Ben's 24 at the moment, about to go 25 in a month. Yeah. And so he, when you're like 16, you know, 17 and someone's in near their twenties, they are stronger than you. But now I'm a little bit bigger and stronger. I could overpower him if I wanted to. We could probably um, have a bit of mutiny on our hands. It could be Liam and Ben someday. I feel like we could do this on the podcast right now. Let's set up a wrestle right here, right now, yeah, and decide who okay. is going to be Strip the to top the waist <laughs> and fight to the death. Take the headphones off. Take them off. Ben's wanna, keen. Should we do an arm wrestle? Yeah. Maybe at the end of the podcast. Okay. okay. Let's, we'll come back to this at the end. No one's to... come for the arm wrestle. We do understand. <laughs> yeah. So we've kind of hijacked your podcast now. I can get out. It can be Hunger Games. Battle of the death. <laughs> and it will just be either Ben or Liam. Solo. <laughs> <laughs> for the rest. Uh, how's it all going, guys? I mean, you're, you're well and truly into this Triple J yeah. uh, breakfast stint. And i got to say, that from the stuff that I'm hearing, I'm, I'm loving the vibe. I'm loving oh. what you guys are putting it out. So... How are you guys finding it? It's been it's been interesting because you've almost had to because we did community radio for a few years together. You've almost had to like relearn how to do it all again. And normally, um, you know, you learn how to do radio, and you're on that journey. But it's almost like we ran the race and then went back to the start and had to learn how to do it all again. Yeah, one hundred percent. I feel like now we're well and truly into it. Yeah, and even then, like when we finished community radio, we're like, oh god, we're God's gift to radio. Uh, and then you listen back now and go, oh my god slap yourself in the face. What were you, what were you doing then? Like, but you, I think that's the good thing about radio because it's all recorded. It's on tape. Like if you're playing sport, I mean, I suppose you could watch tapes of you playing, but you know, maybe you can kick a little bit longer or run a bit harder. But with radio, it is very easy to actually look back and see where you were at a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. And you can really hear it within like a minute 
or two minutes, oh my God, how far ha- have we come? And I think that's that's the benefit of working in radio. Even Ev- a, everyone can do that. Even a week back sometimes I go, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> what was I doing there? Yeah, has, there's nothing worse than people in radio would understand this. Yeah. Like when you go, oh my God, we just smashed that out of the park. Like yeah. that, that break, that story I told, primo. Yeah. You listen back and you're like, even I don't like this. Like if, if I don't like this, who did? And then other times you think you, you absolutely stuffed it and you listen back and you go, not no, so bad. Not too, not as bad as mm. I thought. Can definitely vouch for that. Did you have to uh, change up your style much coming to a broadcaster like Triple J? Because it is more of a relaxed vibe than mm. say yeah. what you might've been doing in Adelaide. And, and when I listen to you guys now, you, you're sounding very relaxed. Is that something that you work on to be? Yeah, definitely. So we, we were always told by people who were much better uh, at radio than us when we were at Fresh Community Radio in Adelaide that. We used to do a kind of a drive show in the breakfast slot. And that's because there was no one there that would really change that. So we kind of were left our own devices, which was great because that let us develop the way we developed. But coming to Triple J, you do have to do do a breakfast show. And so I think the biggest change for us is like, you know, a bit more relaxed and we and we definitely slow the pace down. But uh, also just the ability now, that's probably the biggest learning curve for us was actually talking about serious things like, I think one of the biggest things we learned was the ability to have light and shade in your show. So talk about one thing that can be quite silly and lighthearted and then to flip it and talk about something that's genuinely quite serious. Sometimes when people, like content directors, you know, give you some feedback and it just it clicks and it makes sense. Like, fair enough. If someone says, oh, you know, a little bit more light and shade, talk about real things. You're kind of like, yeah, but I like, you know, talking about farts and doing big story arcs and, and mucking around. But I remember our manager, Brad March, once sat us down and said, if you're always trying to be funny, it's like that guy at the party that you can't have a serious conversation with. And I was like, all of a sudden I thought of so many people that I know that I'm like, oh, I like that person. But you know, they're the, you put them in that box of, oh, I like them in small doses because mm. if I'm actually not having a great day or I, I, I don't feel like I can trust them to have that conversation or, or be real about anything, they're just always mucking around. And I remember when he said that, I was just like, oh yeah, that's fair enough. And I'm not saying like, we have like a, a super serious show by any means, but we definitely see the value now and sometimes in, in sitting down and, and doing some tougher interviews or touching on some topical things that aren't necessarily peachy in the world. How'd yeah. you find it? How'd you find it when you first started doing it though? Because it is, uh, when you are doing all the, just the fun stuff and then you move into some more serious stuff, it does become a bit kind of a, a, a challenge, but I, that's what I, I actually enjoy that about the breakfast radio yeah. slot is that you get that yourself as well. I definitely feel like now, and you can always get better and you can always improve. But I definitely feel like now we have learned how to do that. Like you can go from having fun in the same break uh, you know, resetting and then going, actually, you know, right now though, we're about to talk about this, like case in point, we did, um, uh, you can't ask that. We were talking to survivors of sexual assault. That's probably the heaviest thing we've had to do. One of the heaviest things we've had to do. And, uh, I think it felt, it felt to me like it went really well. Yeah. And if you're not familiar, that's like the ABC show where they talk to judge or marginalized Australians are uh, the tough questions and they, they ask them things that you want to know, but you wouldn't be game enough to ask. So yeah, we did have this uh, lovely woman and she was a survivor of multiple sexual assaults, which is you know a horrible thing to, to go through. And then we basically had her in. Uh, I, th- I think we made her as comfortable as we possibly could. She did an excellent job and calls were just coming on. They're respectful. They're asking questions. And it was, we created a really nice space. I think for us, like we mm. did, you know, a few people said well done after just, it, it, you know, internally. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're kind of like, oh, well, that's definitely one of those things where you look back and you wouldn't be able to do that a year or two ago. And I don't know where that comes from. It's maybe just being a little bit more comfortable in your own skin 
and understanding the importance of something like that. Yeah, but I think that's where like true uh, radio lies is when you can connect with people and you you guys might have seen on your text line, I know you use a text line, that mm. did the responses, were they more, yeah. you know, were they tenfold to when you just do something silly? Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, it, 100%. Yeah. yeah, well, a lot more meaningful as well. Like I always love on the text line when uh, the best texts are when people are just, you know, getting involved with kind of a bit that you've got going without yeah. you having to ask them to, to do that. Um but yeah, the, they're a lot more meaningful. Like you start seeing them a bit more chunky instead of like, oh, effing filthy track boys. Ew. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you might see a paragraph there uh, thanking thanking you for educating some people or sharing, you know, there's people sharing their own experiences saying, yeah, I'm also a survivor of sexual assault and thank you for talking about this in such a, uh, you know, well, positive light, if you can if you can say that in that sense, um, to have the right conversations around it. Uh, Liam, I, I think one of the breakthrough moments, and you guys, I dare say, would agree, mm. is uh, speaking about getting real, mm. is where you talked on the air about uh, when you guys took over the breakfast show here at Triple J, mm. and, you know, it's hard to take over from a show that's loved. Anyone yeah. that's worked in radio has had to do that. Well, no, mm. it's it's probably the hardest thing you have to do as a as a show. Yeah, 100%. take over from a, a team that was loved, and... and and they left on their own accord, right? Yeah. Matt and Alex. So they, yeah. they left on their own accord. It's the, not like you um, pushed them out. But you talked on air about uh, dealing with that. And it was a specific day of the year from mm -hmm. memory. It was Are You Okay Day. Are You Okay last Day. Yeah. And I was just looking at the calendar uh, like recently, just going, Phew, September's coming up. That's almost uh, a year since that day. And that was, yeah, the single most powerful break of, of radio I think we've ever done uh, together. I think, I don't know if we'll ever reach that again. It was just that that pure moment of just like the blinkers were on and it was open and it was honest and we just went for it. It wasn't um, kind of contrived or anything. We weren't reading off paper. There was no cameras. In fact, around that time, it was getting so bad. There was posts with you know thousands of likes, thousands of comments, really brutal, getting, you know, death threats, all sorts of horrible stuff through. And, and that had been going on for what, like nine months at the time. Yep. And uh, the station at the start, we were kind of, you know, we have of that mindset that like, well, let's, you know, acknowledge it, make some jokes about it and have fun and, you know, be self-aware, self-deprecating. And at the start, the station was kind of saying, let's, let's hold off because, you know, you, you write your own story, which is very true to a sense. And if you acknowledge that stuff, then you're kind of ad admitting defeat in a way. But it had started to get past that point where people uh, around here were going, okay, maybe we do need to do something to address it. Is that like a, a funny video we can do? And, and credit to everyone at Triple J, they, they kind of backed me and I said, look, I just, I want to talk about it. We don't want cameras or anything in on Are You Okay Day. I'm just gonna just gonna let it all out. There's there's been things on my chest and on my mind for for months now. Just over those months, um, how were the everyone at the station with you guys and saying, hey, just you know, push through this. It gets better yeah. from here. Is oh that yeah, and it's that thing of like, oh, everyone gets it. Yeah. Happens to everybody. You just gotta push through it. And like Liam said. At first, you're like, okay, I'll push through with it. But then when you get to the nine-month mark, For that's sure. when you're kind of like, okay, there's, there's no real end in sight. And I think, I, I don't know, I've never worked in commercial radio. Actually, there was a bit of street team happening there for a while. <laughs> uh, that didn't end super well. Uh, we can touch on that later. But um, I feel like the amazing thing about working at Triple J was, although there was all of this heavy stuff being thrown at us, I never felt like my job was at stake, if that makes sense. Like... Uh, our content director, Ollie Wards, his bosses always made us feel very comfortable. And as Ben said, you know, let us know this happens a lot, especially being our age, not really understanding Triple J in the sense that we'd done weekends. We kind of went boom, straight into breakfast. Who are these guys? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they always made us feel very comfortable with that. And I, I'd imagine possibly in a commercial setting, if it was a national show after nine months, if the audience wasn't really receiving you well, 
your head could be on the on the chopping block by then. So at least there was that. I was kind of clinging on to that, uh, but it, it wore us down, especially when you're trying to entertain these people doing doing shows to the audience. And you do, you know, everyone, you know, they innately wants to be it loved liked. or yeah. liked at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, it was wearing us down, but that was just the real switch. It was the circuit breaker. Um, as soon as the break had finished. I, I didn't, people say sometimes you cried. I might have cried a little bit, but in the song, I definitely was. Uh, we were hugging each other. The text line exploded. Um, it, it's just like, it was insane. Straight after, um, the PR people coming in saying, project's on the phone. Do you want to go on tonight? Uh, so many lovely people sharing all the stories. Um, and what's it like being thrown into that? Because I saw you on the project that night. So you'd done a break on the, in the morning and then the next thing you know, you're on national TV that night to talk about it. I mean, that's something that you've got to tackle throughout the day yeah. and then go on the project that night. But it, it had been done. When the mics off, were off the first time, it right. was like the weight had been lifted. The amount of support I got throughout that day and over the next few weeks and months, Ben and, ben and myself both, um, it was just, it was it was all easy from there, really. it was it, What it kind of did is... The people that were kind of quietly enjoying what we were doing gave those people a voice. People that were struggling, maybe didn't realize that people that they listened to on the radio might, you know, feel the same sometimes, gave them a voice and maybe gave them a bit more confidence to speak out. And it really disarmed a lot of the dickheads who were saying these things in the first place. And, you know, we were getting apologies from people who had said things as well. People that were sending kind of death threats, I'd imagine they would all of a sudden think, ooh, this is real, like almost if... You know, you you're telling a kid off once once they're actually yeah. you know told that that's wrong, then they know it's a no, it's a problem. But it was very lucky that um, that we had that moment and that things kind of changed from there. And we we spent the next couple of months replying to every single Instagram message and every single Facebook message that came through. And it's it's nice now seeing when um, people send you a message about the show and then you kind of scroll up a little bit and you see that they poured their hearts out and sent, you know, three, 400 words to you um, months ago. And, and then we got back to them and you kind of feel like you have a bit of a rapport with those those people as well. So breakthrough moment for the show, you'd definitely say off the back of that particular moment then from there, because I think when you lay everything bare like that, mm. like you said, it's hard for anyone to use that against you. So all of a sudden, is, is it is it that simple just to flick the switch and now you're just loved? Well, I think, you know, when you start at a radio station, like Liam said, we got put straight into breakfast. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. And I know that, like Fresh, for example, back in community radio, we started off doing, like Liam was doing weekends, I was doing one day a week breakfast, then we started doing radio together, one day became two days, two days became five days, doing it full time. So you kind of, you build that audience slowly over time and they're kind of with you on the journey. Whereas getting put straight into breakfast, we didn't have, we hadn't won anybody over, no one knew who we were. Yep. And so it took a moment like that to go, okay, well, they're real people, I'm in you know, this journey with them and kind of all of a sudden, you know, for a radio term, the P1s, they're the people at the core, they're the ones that share your stuff on socials, yada, yada. Uh, it felt like a lot of P3s and P2s became P1s just from that one break alone. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it felt like, okay, well, now we've got support, not only from Triple J, the, you know, the people who work here, but also the audience supports us. And then when you feel a bit more comfortable in your own skin, you're willing to do content that's a bit more daring and a bit more yourself. Confidence that, grows. That creates more confidence, which yeah. creates more audience because people go, oh, these guys actually sound pretty good now and that kind of just the momentum starts to take over. It comes down to knowing someone as well. Like I think maybe if that was an honest moment that people who had never heard of us went, oh God, this guy's struggling, but you know, good on him for talking to his mate and his mate's obviously feeling the same and they've had this honest conversation. Maybe that's all it took. In a sense, it wasn't like we were people were just realizing that we were being hated on people would have known that but maybe yeah it was what ben's saying 
that these people now realize that we were real people. Because I listen to shows sometimes. I keep my ears across mm. uh, lots of different shows around the country. And, you know, every now and then you'll listen to a, a breakfast team or a drive show somewhere that you've never heard of. And it is very, very hard to like someone who you don't know. That's why I always think content directors and people giving you feedback are so awesome because you're like, I don't, you know, if especially if they're laughing, you're like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know you. It's like if you're listening into a conversation at someone next to you in a cafe, but once you feel like you know a show, then you're away. I guess that's why a lot of the commercial stations put in names that you know, you know, like well, the big true. names because you yep. can connect with them straight away. I've seen them from somewhere and I mean, which doesn't work for me because I'm not one of those people. <laughs> and I, I host a breakfast show, but you know. Um, and I think that's what's great about you guys coming into this role is that, you know, it's not like you're big name comedians, you're just good at radio yeah. and they know that they can back you and, and you can go from there. I've actually never thought of it that way before. And I, I'm very cynical of those things sometimes knowing, you know, being someone who's, you know, growing up, like grown up, loved radio and uh, done community radio and go, gone through the ranks there. And you, you see so many people around you that give it a crack and go regional for, for years and they don't get the big opportunities. But maybe that is what's in the minds of the, yeah. the big wigs going, well, you know, we, we're going to put a lot of money behind this. If we want to get it working within a year, what's the quickest way to, to get people on board? Yeah, it's pretty short frame of time. And mm. that's why you see a big turnover in radio as well, I guess. But um, I've got to say, you guys handled that thing very well. I've, when I listened to it, and of course, it, it, it blew up and it was everywhere. For guys in your early 20s, it was amazing to, to listen that you guys could get that real. And I guess for a lot of people that listen to this podcast who work in radio, maybe it's a little thing that they could take out of it where if you're having, you know, those real conversations, then that's going to connect and, and take it to the next level. Yeah. And you'll know uh, if you are looking for something like that to talk about, I definitely would give the advice not to force it. Like find something that's yeah. true to you that you want to talk about. Like, like Liam said, he thought about that for months and months and months. And then he finally thought, okay, well now I'm going to do it. I definitely wouldn't, if you're coming up in the ranks of radio, I wouldn't go, I'm going to talk about uh, for like, I don't know, domestic violence because I think that's in, that's a serious topic. Don't talk about it if you're not serious about it. Yeah, yeah and I, I've um, we, we both have, but have had emails in the past, people talking about that sort of thing and similar situations, struggling. And I, it's, it's hard to say because maybe it was just, it was the right time and it was, it was fate, but uh, it was obviously built up a lot of pain over a long time. Um, but I think if we'd maybe done it a month or two months in, mm. it would wouldn't not have, have been, the same impact. would not have been received the same way. That's for sure. It, it's hard to say. Um, and you can't just say, oh, nah, battle it out for nine months and then open up <laughs> on a specific day for opening up. Possibly, are you okay, Dave? Yeah. I already took that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, um, I, I think you've just got to have enough faith in the fact that you're there for a reason. Yeah. And if you work hard, it's going to happen for you because people were telling us all throughout that year that it'll get better, it'll get better. And there was just no light at the end of the tunnel. And the longer it got in the year, the the more pressure was on us and we you know we put on ourselves and the harder it got to to wake up and go in and, and do your job every day uh, when you you know you're copying this on the streets online while you're trying to do the show on the text line uh but it it was it was just that moment and more or less cleared out and i still kind of cross my fingers now thinking like oh is this is this going to wear off at some point is everyone going to start hating us again uh or have people learned their lesson um yeah you just kind of take every day for uh, you don't take any days for granted and you just kind of work hard and get along with it. Well, you guys get to get out and uh, about a fair bit. I mean, you just got back from Splendour in the Grass mm. where you get to 
you know, Triple J, they put that thing on like nothing it's I've ever unreal. seen. It is amazing. And I, I'm jealous every year that it rolls around and I wish I didn't get into commercial radio. <laughs> Triple J. But, uh, you know, you connect with the people then. I mean, it's one thing to sit in this studio and have a chat and people text in, but there you are out and about with the people that listen to Triple J. Yeah, it is awesome. So like, what's it like out and about hosting the show here and just being out with the people at somewhere like Splendor? Yeah, I think a great example of that is, um, so every year Triple J does this competition. Uh, free tickets to Splendor. Uh, it's called the Mayor of Splendor. So we get a listener, make them the Mayor of Splendor, and they get given a cape and they walk around the festival for three days and everyone loves them. But uh, normally it's like a big thing and you do it over two weeks and you really build it up and you find the person and people vote for them. Uh, but this year we did it kind of differently. This year we did it over four days. It was like a lot quicker. Um, basically we had two people each day and they would have a debate with each other uh, and then the listeners would vote for the winner. So by the end of the fourth day, we had the winner. So no one, and it was actually a new guy on the first day, knocked off the winner from the last three days. So this was like an unknown. No one really knew this guy called Harry. Uh, and then on the Friday, I remember putting the cape on him and we pushed him out into Splendor and just straight away, people were getting photos with him because the Triple J brand, it's so um, iconic and it's been around for so long since the seventies that uh, people just have such a connection with it that you can literally put a stranger in a red cape, push them out, and people want to get photos with them. It Amazing. Makes, it makes you proud. Like, you'd be stretched to find another radio station in the country that, you, I mean, you couldn't chuck a Nova flag <laughs> on someone and, and, and kick them out and get swamped. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that, and that's something um, bigger than us. It's something bigger than everyone that works here. It's like a culture that's, um, the only way to explain it is it's just, it's been there for years and it's grown. It's been passed down from generation to generation with the people that, uh, listen to this station and it's definitely something that we don't take for granted. Even seeing the, um, the big triple J logo on the screens, like in between the sets, just beaming out red on like yep. thousands of people and you're like, wow, mm. I get to talk on that drum. Every now and then. Even walking into the building, you can really feel, you know, the history in the in the building. And uh, what's that like when you've come from, you know, fresh in Adelaide, community mm. radio, to, oh, holy shit, we're going to host the breakfast show on a station that's iconic and been around since, like you said, the 70s. Daunting. Yeah. yeah very daunting. <laughs> Pretty much. I think we thought... Oh yeah, it'll be alright. You don't, you don't think too much of it. You're just like, oh, all right. Well, uh, you know, this is the next step. We had fun. We'll just do what we did there yeah. again here, and then um, nine months of abuse. <laughs> You're just like, oh no, it's harder than we thought. But and that's the thing about Triple J. That that was one thing we didn't realize until we started working here. And even now, I can explain to you listening that uh, the Triple J audience is different. But until you've experienced it, you don't really know it. Like uh, at Fresh, we thought, oh, our listeners are super loyal. They're super dedicated. And then you start at Triple J and you realize what true like loyalty is. And that's why you get such a resistance when you bring in a new show at Triple J because yeah. they're so loyal to the show that was there before. And, and now I feel like we've got that um, on our side, but they're just, they're a different breed. Like for example, uh, I remember in our first week, we did this break. I really, I liked the break. It was really good. I think uh, we told a story and then you call out the end of the break. And then we kind of got uh, texts from people who were angry at the call out on the end because it was too clean. Like, they don't, Triple J listeners, they don't like radio in the way that we were taught radio. They like radio in an organic kind of format. So now we still do call outs where you need them, but most of the time you'll find the best way to get calls or text messages is you tell a story and you don't do a call out. Because if you do, then they won't like that because mm. they'll go, well, that, that's too radio. So you've almost got to reverse psychology. This is what I was talking about with changing the style up for this particular yeah, station is yeah. that and you really do don't you because yeah. they're used to a specific way some rules uh will translate yeah um like some of the things we were taught but i would say probably 50 to 60 percent of what we were taught we had to unlearn and relearn the triple j way 
And it's it's funny as well. Like we talk about Triple J being club. Obviously, everyone's everyone talks about their show as a club. You want to be a club. A radio station is a club. But I feel like Triple J has that funny thing. Like if you've ever listened to it, you remember what it's like the first time you cross over because your friends will tell you it's cool. You might have two or three weeks. Of like, what is going on? I know none mm. of this music. Who are these presenters? What's happening? And once again, when it clicks, it clicks. And you're like, okay, well, I love this now. I probably can't go to anything else. Like yeah. The amount of tattoos at Splendor I saw over the weekend, just Triple J tats. People are like, yeah, Triple J for life, man. Here, here, here. I thought you were going to say Liam tats. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Check it out. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to get one, though, um, I'll pay you. You yeah. get a very small, short Liam on your lower back. <laughs> I'm also not short. That's a, that's a thing. That's you're not as, yeah, I've listened to that on the, on the podcast of the show. You're not as short as Ben makes. Actually, mm. is... Are you taller I'm than Ben? Ta- I'm actually right, taller okay. than Ben, which no, is, see, which is why it's so few, annoying. Liam's got a few tricks up his sleeve. So right. what he'll do is he'll wear high heels. And I'm not kidding, not like girl high heels, but he'll wear boots with high heels on them. Uh, he'll put prosthetics in his normal shoes so he looks a bit taller. I, and I'm pretty sure at one point he got knee implants to make him yeah. a few extra inches Just taller. Just check out the promo shots if you'd like. Um, Take yeah. off your pants and I'll believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Take your pants off. <laughs> okay, not again, Gordy. <laughs> but Ben, you told me a great story as we came uh, in here and you were saying when you sat out there for the first time and you watched uh, Matt and Alex do their show, how you yeah. were feeling about walking into this building and seeing what was going down, you know? It was, yeah, it was very intimidating. Mm. Actually, we had a kid, um, John was his name, John did. Yeah. Work experience uh, this week, he's doing it at the ABC and he sat in on our show and I was looking at John while I was on air and I just kind of, that was what pinged it off my memory. I I bet John kind of felt the way I felt sitting on that couch because Triple J, you know, you see the the wood panelling on the walls in the studios and all these things that you associate with Triple J. Then when you hear, you kind of feel very small, like you're in your first year of high school and everyone's older and scarier and I... That's how I felt sitting on the couch watching Matt and Alex. I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not even, I'm in year seven. I'm not even in year eight yet. And uh, these kids are like the senior kids and, I'm, and I was a bit scared, but uh, you know, obviously they're lovely guys. And once you've got to your second year, you feel a lot more comfortable. I remember having conversations with Ben as well during one of the songs. I was like, all right, John, the work experience kids out there. You remember what it was like when we sat in on Kyle and Jackie O and Hamish Shandy and these shows? We were the work experience kids. Remember when they gave us the time of day after? Let's get out there inspire that kid have a conversation <laughs> with him so we walked out we're like johnny all right uh mate any questions at all nah nah <laughs> do, do, do you want to work in radio john nah not nah. really why what? are you here john <laughs> M- my dad works here cool, cool john oh. get out of here <laughs> get out of the studio john Makes your job easy. Just uh, <laughs> don't have to, I was like, okay, no ins- inspiration today. Don't have to deal with that kid. How does a uh, a typical morning roll out for you guys then? Because I'm always interested to hear how the breakfast shows roll out. So what time mm. are you getting in? What, where do the when does the ideas and all that stuff start happening? I love that radio people love to hear other radio people's uh, like schedules because yep. I also do. I love to find out how everyone else's days roll out. So for yep. us, uh, alarms go off at four. Uh, we start at 5 a.m. and then uh, for the first half an hour, it's maybe just tying up loose ends from the day before, like prepping things in the show. And then at 5.30, that's when we have our like pre-show ed meeting. So we run through um, what was in the show, uh, what was put in the show the day before. And then uh, we go through like news, what's happened in the news, breakfasty kind of stuff. And then you're on air obviously from 6 to 9 after the show, we'll have like a post-show debrief. Uh, Whoa, so you're forgetting about that cross with Linda Mariano. Oh, mate. that's technically we're on air from six till ten past nine. And then we have the post-show debrief. Normally the way that works is um, uh, there's myself, Liam and Bell, the producer. We'll all have one thing that we thought worked and one thing that we thought didn't work. Uh, we'll go through that. That normally goes for about five, ten minutes. 
and then you have uh, that day's Ed meeting for what's in the show the next day, and then you'll spend uh, you know anywhere from uh, ten till about two or three, depending on how busy the day is, prepping the show for the next day. And then, and yeah, then yeah, we yes, anywhere between uh, between midday to three. Normally, uh, Ben will leave at two fifty nine, and I'll leave at three because I'm a little bit more committed than yeah. <laughs> that's, just, just, that's one just thing that we bit. we do actually every day. I can't remember the last time we didn't do it. We we do leave every day together, and we hold hands. Oh, that's nice. And kiss. <laughs> <laughs> kiss before we get on the bus. It's yeah. a close knit team. <laughs> Very we definitely close. do leave together though. That's the one thing I I think that's the one thing I've always been really thankful of. Like I think. Uh, ben and I, like, we obviously love uh, radio. We have a lot of passion for it. We love doing the show together. But uh, it's it's one thing to have a bit of chemistry with someone on air, but it's another thing to have the same work ethic. Like, sometimes you kind of hear that, like, oh, this person's really committed and they want to get shows, like, ideas on the show, and then another person kind of phones in a little bit. But uh, if one person's done some good stuff, you kind of, like, want to impress the other one. And it's always... We're fighting to get the best ideas. It's on. almost like a friendly competition to see who can get the best content for the day. And if that's the other one gets it, it's like awesome. Well, today you were the best content, but tomorrow I got this. Does the job get in the way of being mate? No, no. no. I ne- yeah, people ask that a lot because I've never worked with a uh, someone a that I was. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm friends with the people I work on air with, but yep. not in a, you know a couple of mates like yourself. So yeah. does that? Do, do you ever have to? Do you hang out less outside of work because you're here together so much? You know that stuff kind of happens too. We, right? de- we definitely hang out, I suppose, uh, less because of work because we see each other. I mean, I probably yeah. see Liam more than I'd see my own partner, but uh, I don't think that that affects the friendship because when you're not on air and you're just in Edinburgh and stuff like that, it's like you're hanging out anyway. You're just in a working environment. We also, uh, I mean, even if your partner sometimes might annoy you, you just go, nah, just keep it to myself. No, yeah. one need, no one needs to. <laughs> no need to talk about that. Yeah, but with us, it's like uh, Ben, your beard looks a bit weird today. Can you trim that? That's kind of annoying me. We we just we you know we talk about everything, um, even if it's you know a bit awkward and you don't really want to have those conversations. We're very open with each other. Yeah, and that was something that uh, we learnt from Hamish and Andy. They not they didn't tell us this specifically to us, but we were sitting in this um, workshop and they were the ones running it, and they said, "Oh, in radio, when you're with your co-host or." Um, whoever you're working with, it could be a producer, it could be a content director, whoever it is within the team, um, you've got to be able to have those tough talks. And they are tough for a reason because they can be awkward. But um, something that we started saying was, oh, it's always professional, never personal. Because at the end of the day, everyone just wants the same thing. They all want the best show possible. So I think uh, if I give any advice, it would be within your team, you've got to have tough talks sometimes about, oh, I thought when you did this, it made me feel like this. So I think if we were to do X, it would make Y even better. I think having those talks early on especially can be tough. But I think as long as everybody in the conversation knows that you're all doing it to make the show better and it's not a personal attack, then it's received in the right way. And that's what will make your show develop a lot faster. You also avoid a lot of those conversations as well if you are both genuinely committed to the same vision and you're both working as hard as each other and you know that because you know, if someone in your team's kind of slacking off a bit mm. whatever it is leaving early rocking up late not giving it their all then that's when you start getting frustrated even if it might not hit you for a few weeks but after a while it's going to start building up and they're harder conversations to have i remember um tony martin once told us that laziness is like a drug in the mm. sense that you're like oh you know that talk back kind of works like we'll just we'll just do that and then you kind of get addicted to that because once you think it can work you think it can work until you get caught out on air. But if you've got things planned and then you can get rid of them if the show's flowing, then then go for it. I remember um, once we were like, oh, geez, what's like one more thing we can do at 8.30 to like finish off the show strong? And I was like, ah, you know, I'll probably, I'll work it out tonight. I'm, I'm going to go. And, and this is one of those rare times that I left before Ben. And um, 
when I was walking home, I just got like a picture message of Tony Martin's face, <laughs> which I knew meant laziness is a drug. Yeah. And uh, I text back and called him a dickhead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, definitely an open dialogue with whoever you're working with. Like and just a little example, the, today after the show, we were working and I kept looking over at Liam and he kept watching YouTube videos. He was watching Hard Chat, which is a great show, but he just kept watching Hard Chat. Mm. And it was really annoying me and I tapped him on the shoulder. I was like, can you stop watching YouTube and get some work done? And he laughed and then he got some work done. So, But if I didn't say that, I, it just would have, inside me, would have been like, oh, he's dickhead watching bloody YouTube videos. But when you say something, you feel better and then the team actually moves forward from it. Halfway back. through that story, I didn't know if you'd already brought it up with Liam and you wanted yeah. to bring it up with him now. Yeah, have, like, <laughs> yeah. Let's have an example <laughs> of a conversation. Uh, Liam, you're being a dickhead and it's annoying me. <laughs> okay. Um, I'd appreciate it if you stopped putting water on my desk and seat when I go to the toilet. I do do that. Yeah, <laughs> I do put water on his thing. Stop chewing my pen lids. <laughs> For Christ's sake, stop chewing them. Ben chews anything. Like he, he, we've got like a pin board and he chews the pins on that as well. It was actually quite intimidating the other day. Uh, Liam was doing something and I said, oi, he looked over at me and I got his pen lid and I crunched it in one bite and he sat back down and stopped doing what he was doing. He's he got it saying, in his mouth right now. So you've, uh, that doesn't put you off? <laughs> no. No, we share a lot of things. <laughs> like I said, we walk home holding hands. So uh, It's interesting you guys talk about a lot of radio shows that you've had a little bit to do with. Mm. You know, Tony Martin, uh, you mentioned Kyle and Jackie O. I, I, you said you sat in with them, yeah. Hamish and Andy. This is great stuff. I well, mean, yeah, we're yeah. very thankful for that. So that was around the time when we were at Fresh. We've been there for two years. Uh, and our Well, we'd been doing full time for two years, but we'd been there since we were about 15. Yeah, 16. like in total, we've been there for about five years. But on air, full time, two years. And our boss at the time, a guy called um, Tom Martin, He'd left the station and he was the one that was really teaching us everything we knew. And when he left, we started to feel pretty stale. And so we called Tom, like, oh, what do we do? And he said, oh, well, I recommend you just, just if you're not getting the feedback you need, go looking for it. And so that was when uh, we hit up Brad, our manager, and said, oh, who should we go see? And he gave us all these um, EPs, contacts. And then that was, there was one week where we got off from Fresh. We had a week off. And we just paid for all ourselves, but we flew to Sydney and Melbourne and we sat in on as many shows as we can. And that was when we sat in on K&J and we sat in on H&A as well. And it was like watching Michael Jordan playing his prime. Like it was something else to watch that show, Hamish and Andy particularly, uh, perform. And that definitely benefited us now. We um, also had met Tom Ballard. He used to come in while he was doing his Adelaide Fringe run and we got him in for a segment and we text him and said, oh, can you give us your old boss's number? Holly Wards, who's now our boss, and we uh, also sent him a text and said, oh, hey, we're Ben and Liam from Adelaide. Uh, we do community radio. Can we have five minutes of your time? But you'd be amazed wherever you are around the country, if you've got a week off, um, you know, even a weekend, um, if you've got someone's email and you say, look, I will mm. fly to you five minutes. Uh, I'll send you one break. If you could give me some feedback face-to-face, uh, that'd be amazing. And a lot of people, like, although they've got big jobs and they're very busy, um, they wouldn't see a hell of a lot of that commitment all the time. If, I mean, if someone from Western Australia were to email me today and said, hey, I'm going to fly uh, over to, to Sydney, can you just give me some pointers for half an hour? Of course you'd be like, yeah, hell yeah. What's your email? Uh, my email is... Yeah, put is it out there. That's a good one. Stapleton.liam at abc.net.au. So, so go for it. Is mine's, that, mine's the same, just with my name. In fact, if you want to message anyone at the ABC, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is the format. Yeah. Um, Our boss's name is Ollie Ward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the breakfast show is taken at the moment. Um, he doesn't really like listening to demos, especially if they're really good. And um, he, might, he might want to take this bit out of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put that down in my notes. We'll let him decide. <laughs> uh, I know Fitzy's a big fan of you guys, who I work with Fitzy, at, uh, Fitzy and Whipper from uh, Nova. And even though he's on a commercial, 
commercial station. If you asked him, he loves Triple J. He mm. does. And he's an Adelaide boy as well, and he's one of the great guys. Do you chat to him much, yeah. being from Adelaide? you got that kind of connection, oh, right? mate, we had a large weekend yeah. with Mr. Fitzgerald at Splendour in the Grass. Our yes. tent was next to his and uh, Tim Blackwell's, and yeah, they are just huge Triple J fans. They They were fans before. Many years before we were there, that's for sure. And um, yeah, they, they we definitely look up to, to those kind of guys. Fitzy especially is, um, you know, he's caught up with us a few times here and there. And he's one of those people that uh, in the industry that um, you look up to. He's had a very long, successful career and is always happy to, um, you know, have, have a listen or, or help people out. Uh, so when you, when you meet characters like that as well along the way, like as you, as you work in radio and you realize like everyone's kind of in the same boat and even if they're... A huge show like with these massive ratings earning millions of dollars everyone's got to wake up at 4 a.m everyone's got to go in and have the ideas and, and give it a run five days a week uh that's when you realize like oh geez everyone everyone is human we're all on the same level here and everyone's just trying to put some good gear on the radio mm. i think radio people like to help out as well i know from starting this podcast chatting to people a lot of the messages that i get i'd say 100 percent of the messages i get about it uh, other people in radio saying, I love the people that you chat to because yeah. I'm on a similar level. Or I see myself on a similar level and I'm trying to get to that next level as well. And they just love what they can take out of it. Just listening to the conversations. It's true, isn't it? Like you don't, I don't, you know, I've never worked in another industry, but I'd imagine in real estate, for example. Yes. Going, oh, geez, that guy, Barry gets all the big sales. I hate that guy. <laughs> he's got the, he's got the Mercedes. I want to take him down, but yeah. everyone kind of knows they're lucky to have their position when they have it. It might last two or three years and then you move on to something bigger or maybe something not as big. And I think everyone is in it together and trying to trying to help people out. I've never personally met anyone that has been nasty to me that I've reached out to to, to get some to get um kind of help from. I know when we uh, met Kyle we were kind of a bit nervous, but I all the things that are said about Kyle, I'm like, Yeah, deep down I know when a seventeen year old dude from Adelaide doing community radio reached out to you from for help. You helped, so yeah. <laughs> like he's he's obviously a kind person who, who cares. Well, he's well. a radio guy, and I've I've only met him in person a couple of times. Mm. But you hear all this stuff about him on air and whatnot, and then you meet him in person, and he he couldn't have been more personable. You know, yeah, what I mean? oh, absolutely. He took the time. He chatted to me. He'd heard of our radio show, and he was he was great. So. Yeah. Um, I would like to download Barry from uh, the Real Estate Podcast. Though. <laughs> yeah. uh, He's a dick. He's got a Mercedes, makes all the big sales. It does sound like a good one. Uh, so where to from here, boys? I mean, you're doing this now and you're obviously loving it. Do you see yourself doing Triple J Breakfast for a long period of time? What's the pipe dream for Ben and Liam? I think we've got it, to be honest. Like, I remember we were speaking about this recently, Liam, when we said, oh, when we left Fresh, I remember Fresh, they threw us a party, which was really nice. And they had like a highlights reel and they played it of all the things that we'd done over the two years. And I remember looking back at all the stuff and going, we've done so much stuff and you had like a sense of pride. And I think that's the thing, you know, that you want to do here is like, it's got so much um, history at the station. You want to be able to leave your mark and for loss of a better word, your legacy. And I think that's the goal is to just, whenever we leave Triple J, whether that's in, you know, two years or whether that's in 20 years and we're here till we're really old. You definitely want to leave behind something you can be proud of. I think that's the that's the goal. Absolutely. Like I think <laughs> this is beyond our wildest dreams to have uh, a show on this station at this time. So we're just gonna, I suppose, work as hard as we can and and do as much stuff as we can while we have this opportunity here. And anything past that's uh, a bonus. Um, I just want to work in radio until I 
keel over and die. It's a bit like a footy game answer after a game and you go, oh, I'll just focus on the match, mate. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gordy, full credit to the boys. Yeah, credit um, to the boys. Just, just, uh, <laughs> just want to have a good game, good game of football. Uh, last quarter was a bit sloppy, but um, you know, we got the win in the end, full credit. Yeah. I think the, the great thing is that a lot of people were working towards what they want to do. You guys are working on what you want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're working to make this great because you want to be here and this is awesome. Yep. And then there's a lot of people trying to work towards that. So you're in a great position. And another thing I will say as well is... We're definitely working on what we want now here. But you also, whether you're doing community radio or a show in a smaller regional market, whatever it is, the way you get to the next spot is by working on what you're currently doing mm. as well. Like I, I also uh, have worked with people in the past that expect a lot and do very little. And that's the same with everyone in this world. Uh, but you know, if you have pride in your show, and I, I still think, even though I said sometimes we listen back and go, oh, geez, really wasn't that good. But... At the time, that that sense of being so proud of everything we did, not just getting this position here, but just going, right, we really made that our own. We went from a couple of dudes just, you know, volunteering for three years to getting a, a paid job, although being very little, the first paid job at that community radio station, holding that for two years, building somewhat of an audience with what we had, with essentially no funding. We bought all our equipment, our microphones, um, did it all with the help of some um, talented people who gave us a crack at um, Fresh. Like that was that was a real moment. And if we can replicate that on this scale, I think that'd be the dream. Uh, the the thing I remember seeing from you guys in Fresh was when you you took the piss out of radio stations, and I think you still do that uh, to this day. But yeah. Yeah. You, you know that really cut through as well, and you know that kind of worked for you as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's definitely sometimes it's a little too easy, uh, <laughs> to be honest. I know, and I also think as well that like firing shots at Triple J is is very easy as well, like um, because it is such a big cultural thing. We leave ourselves open for yeah. for a lot of jabs from the commercial radio industry but i think yeah we've probably we've probably done a few of those we could probably quieten down a little bit now i think it's all fair game isn't it yeah especially if you don't fire first i mean when when triple m shot first that time and you got to fire back dare dare we say it missed yeah uh, we were like <laughs> well if you're going to shoot for the king triple j well, not us you, you is, best not miss now <laughs> this has now become triple j v triple yes. m <laughs> it's a battle of the triples but then i mean uh, you can probably dig this audio up yeah <laughs> after after we did uh, the OG Zipper and the Shitstick, yeah. I won't name which team, but they actually came on the next morning and gave us quite the roasting. And this was at the time where we were copying a lot of heat and uh, some of the comments were hated by their own listeners. They made up a story of seeing us at a junket, which we never agreed to do and were never there in the first place and kind of really showed their hand as like, oh, that's not a smart way of firing back. All of a sudden they they put us down. So we kind of left that there uh, until a couple of months ago when we thought we'd, we'd just have another dig for the hell of it. <laughs> well, guys, I think there's only one way to end this podcast and that is the Hunger Game style. Who's it going to be? Liam or Ben or Ben or Liam? Mm, I'm happy to leave. Um, so, I, I will say thanks for joining me on the podcast, guys. I look forward to either the Ben or the <laughs> Liam show on Triple J. All Cheers, right, Gondi. Come here, come here. Good on you guys. <laughs> oh. He's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> the Radio Randomly Podcast. Hosted by Gondi and produced by Gia Moylan. Chatting randomly to radio people about radio.